0: Crying, screaming, throwing up. If not for BYU and West Virginia, this weekend would have been a disaster. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I am Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Emergency Sunday episode again, because what a wild Saturday in the Big 12. You had so many disappointments. It it felt like going into the evening of Saturday. And by the way, I'm recording this at 1.36 a.m., on Sunday morning, to give you the full recap, it felt like the entire Big 12 was a loss. It felt like that whatever the Big 12 did in the late slate could not be overcome by Baylor struggling, by Kansas State losing, by the fact that everybody, Iowa State, namely, losing to Ohio, everybody seemed to struggle so mightily. But then, but then, the West Virginia Mountaineers, The BYU Cougars proved that this conference is still elite. Look, Cincinnati did lose to Miami of Ohio. That was one of my locks of the week was Cincinnati minus 14. I thought there was no way that Cincinnati did not cover 14 points. And instead, they lost the game outright. South Alabama... Beat Oklahoma State 33-7 to at Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater. Baylor struggled with Long Island. Iowa State lost to Ohio. Kansas State lost on a 61-yard field goal. I have completely run out of brain cells, patience, wherewithal. All of it is gone. Because the Big 12 has stripped it from me. I am blown away, in a a bad way, by the way, by what the Big 12 has managed to do to me in the last 24 hours. But Iowa State, despite the loss, Oklahoma State, despite the loss, Baylor, despite the struggle, Cincinnati, despite the loss, all of that, overcome. By BYU and West Virginia. The BYU Cougars marched into Arkansas. What did I tell you? I said BYU, the Cougars, will get the win because Arkansas is without its star playmaker in Rocket Sanders. I didn't have enough confidence in the quarterback for the University of Arkansas, for the Razorbacks, K.J. Jefferson. And I said, BYU is going to walk in there, and they're going to find a way to win this football game. Now, at 31-21, we were all thinking about the same thing. Uh, there's no way this is going to happen. At 14 to nothing with Arkansas, up, we all thought, there's probably not a way this happens, right? And there's no way that BYU and Keaton Slovis, who couldn't seem to get out of the pocket when things fell apart and could, d- didn't look very mobile, and ah, the offensive line hit or miss at times. There's no way this works out, right? And then Chase Roberts says, hold my non-alcoholic beer. That dude with the touchdown of the century, the one-handed catch. And then what's even more important the BYU defense putting the Arkansas offensive line in a blender. Talk about AJ Green for the University of Arkansas, the Razorbacks, nine carries, 86 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He was good, right? He, it felt like he kind of got his. Meh, that was about it. That was about it. Offensively for Arkansas, that was the only guy who put up a true, legitimate terrible threat to BYU and everything else was stabilized. KJ Jefferson, 13 carries, 21 yards. You know what that means? It means that BYU put him in a blender. He had no idea what to do. He had nowhere to go. He had no opportunities to try to break things out because BYU locked up Jefferson. They were able to get to him to sack him. They were were able to get to him to force fun balls late in the game. What I loved about the fourth quarter is right when you think, oh, you know, this is where the game could be in doubt. BYU, Talani Sataki, the big issue last year, the defense stepped up big time. I am so proud of what BYU did against the SEC on the road to represent the Big 12 to go into Fayetteville and beat Arkansas. Peel the curtains back a bit. I called it, Ryan. Right? I said that BYU beat Arkansas. But deep down, I thought, eh, eh, road game. BYU just got to the Power 5. Kalani Sitake does the thing where he beats the teams that he lost to the year before. But can he really do this? And he did. BYU knocks off Arkansas. Keaton Slovis goes out and and plays a, a decent enough game, right? There was a Parker Kingston play that was that would blow you away. But Keaton Slovis does enough to win the game. And the defense overall gets it done. LJ Martin gets it done. Ground and pound. The offense was not great. Less than 300 total yards. But the defense, imagine that. I told you this time last year, the defense for BYU gets it done. And then West Virginia. Oh, I called that one. Well, I, you know, and, and I don't I, I don't want it too much. I want it to my own horn here. Too much. West Virginia, I said, would beat Pittsburgh. That's not something I picked in the preseason. But this week, I say like, hey, you know what? After Pittsburgh lost at home in Cincinnati, I think West Virginia gets this done. Despite the offense, especially the passing game for West Virginia, being a liability. Didn't matter. 60 passing yards. 60 passing yards on 11 attempts. It was the run game. C.J. Donaldson, Jalen Anderson... And more than anything else, the defense that got it done. Phil Jerkovic, 8 for 20, the Pitt quarterback. You know, Pitt's known for, like, having good quarterbacks and stuff. 8 for 20, 81 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. West Virginia allowed less than 215 yards of offense for Pitt. The defense of West Virginia, what do we talk about? Defense wins championships, defense travels. West Virginia has a legitimate case to now compete in the Big 12. While I had them down and out, they can now compete, showcasing that the defense is elite, beating Pittsburgh in the backyard brawl, only allowing six points and zero touchdowns. West Virginia, I doubted you preseason. I doubted you after the Penn State game. But what you just showed is that this defense, coupled with C.J. Donaldson, the running game, even a, a lackluster passing game, that this team can use those pieces, the rush, and defense to win. West Virginia, I think I like you. BYU, West Virginia, you are the Big 12's winners this week. Everybody else, oh, not everybody, right? There are a couple of teams you know, like UCF take care, takes care of business, but some other guys are gonna need some help. Unlocked on Big Twelve, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wow. Well, I won money this weekend. FanDuel.com. So I, I, it's Sunday, and if you have seen this in time to make bets for the noon games, for the 3.30 games, for the late-night games in the NFL, FanDuel is the place to go. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose when you place a $5 bet if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time than the present to get in on the action the app is super easy to use download the app wide range of betting options including spreads player props over-unders and more visit fanduel.com slash locked on that's right fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season fanduel official sports betting partner of the nfl so not everybody in the big 12 had a very good week what a disaster in this league overall take out west virginia take out byu what a disaster in the Big 12, Texas leading Wyoming 10 to 7 at halftime, tied 10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Embarrassing. Kansas State feels like they're in control down the stretch, right? They, they've got a real good shot there at the very end up by, what, seven points late in the game going into the fourth quarter. They're going to beat Missouri. They've got a handle on things. West, anyway, the Kansas State at least make made it close, but ah, they're going to win. 61-yard field goal. Missouri wins. Baylor up 16 to seven at halftime, struggling with Long Island. 44 point favorites, 30 to seven final. Embarrassing. Oklahoma, I'll give you guys a pass. 66 17 over Tulsa. That was good. Really good. Nicely done. It's Tulsa. Iowa State, final score. Very Iowa fashion, zero, zero at halftime, final score of 10 to seven. Was the field goal good? Was it not good? I don't know, but you're playing Ohio. Just win the game. 10 to seven final. Iowa state loses to Ohio. And now there are hot seat conversations happening in Ames because you lost to Ohio. And put up seven points. You can't do that. UCF got a ton against Villanova, 48-14. This was not a close game. 41 nothing. not a close game. UCF took care of business. 34 nothing at halftime. It's similar to Oklahoma. You get, obviously, not just a free pass, but a pal in the back. You did what you're supposed to do. Cincinnati. You went on the road and beat Pittsburgh. And everybody thought, I thought especially, all right, Cincinnati's legit. Emory Jones could be a dude at quarterback. So this week, one of my locks of the week was Cincinnati minus 14 or 13 and a half by the hook against Miami of Ohio. Final score, Miami of Ohio 31, Cincinnati 24 in overtime. A not only an embarrassment, but a devastating loss for this conference. Miami of Ohio from the MAC playing against Cincinnati, who had gone to the college football playoff not too long ago and winning. The MAC beating the Big 12. Welcome to our league, Cincinnati. Thanks for representing us by going and beating Pittsburgh on the road and then losing at home through Miami of Ohio, Oklahoma State. Just just what do you think? Things could not get worse in this league. Oklahoma State, 33 points allowed, 7 points scored. 23 to nothing against South Alabama at home going into halftime. Final score, South Alabama 33, Oklahoma State 7. That, that feels like a joke. The, Mike Gundy has not been able to figure out the quarterback situation. Frankly, quite frankly, he has not been able to figure out the offense, period. That team got a win against Arizona State on the road, a Power 5 team on the road, and then just lost by 26 points to South Alabama at home. Not just embarrassing, completely humiliating. For this conference, then some teams that took care of business: BYU over Arkansas, huge win; Texas Tech over Charleston State, forty-one-three. That's a, that's a win. You're on. You're, you're the win column. West Virginia over Pittsburgh, huge. Big Twelve asserting its dominance over the ACC. TCU getting it done against Houston. I think that's a a win that I I love to top that for TCU. Because that seven and a half point spread was honestly a little disrespectful to the Horned Frogs. 36-13 is where this game probably should have ended up. They got the win. I'm not mad at Houston. You're playing a team that played for a national championship, the literal national championship last season in TCU. 36-13 is fine. This is a normal game and a normal score. Then Kansas, who's supposed to have the world-beating offense? This Kansas team is better than we're all giving them credit for. Ten to ten against Nevada at halftime. 31 24. Squeak it out to beat Nevada and drop the Wolfpack to 0 3. Maybe the worst team in Division 1, FBS, and Kansas struggles against Nevada. It's going to be a long week. At this point, let's be honest with ourselves, it's going to be a long season. Oklahoma State just lost to South Alabama. Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio. Iowa State lost to Ohio. All of this in the exact same week. Kansas struggled with Nevada. Baylor struggled with Long Island. I don't know what to do here. I I, I don't. What happened? I mean, since I started hosting Locked On Big 12... It feels like the depth of this conference has taken a massive hit. Was it me? Did I do this? It is baffling how terrible, terrible the bottom half, and not even the bottom half. The, 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 yeah, sure, the bottom half, but the, the, that seven teams, even Texas struggling with Wyoming, with Wyoming at home after beating what seems to be a fraudulent Alabama team. I don't know what to do. The rest of this week is going to be a very long week in trying to break down what happened, why it happened, and how you all let it get to this point. On Locked Big 12, part of the Locked Podcast Network. It is your team, and it is every day. It's game time. My favorite place to go. My favorite place to go on my phone for tickets is the game time app because I know I can get them last minute, the best deals, the best prices possible on the game time app. Game time is convenient. Obviously, right? It has to be because you're 10 minutes before a game and you want to get tickets. Game time, place to go. It's got to be convenient. And it is flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Concerts, playoff games, regular season games, images of seat views, lowest prices guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and 110% of the difference if you find a cheaper ticket than the offer you get at game time. Get images of your seat, buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and get them sent directly to your phone so you will never have to dig through your email. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account redeem code college for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, and that is guaranteed. The Colorado Buffalo. Uh, and, and I get they're not in the Big 12 yet, but it's been the biggest storyline in all of in all of college football the last couple of weeks. They had God, Fox, Fox's, what is big noon kickoff, Fox Game Day for the last three weeks. And they went to Colorado State and certainly should have lost that game. I, I they didn't even go to Colorado State. I see it correctly. They hosted Colorado State and should have lost that game. Jay Norvell comes out and talks about Deion Sanders. And then what does Dion say? What does his staff say? They're going to F around and find out. What I think is so funny about this win for Colorado is that Colorado f- finds a way to steal it in the end. Steal it in overtime. And that all of the news outlets, ESPN and CBS and Fox, when they all post the postgame graphics, even the announcer was like, oh, Colorado, do you believe now? Why would I believe after this? Why would I believe in Colorado after this performance against Colorado State? And I know if you're a Colorado fan, you're listening, you're like, oh, you know, Colorado's good. I I think Colorado is good. But this was a really poor, poor display of what Deion Sanders has brought to Boulder. This was a poor display compared to what Colorado has shown to the rest of college football so far this season. In a week where teams like Arizona State lost 29-nothing to Fresno State, where Stanford lost to Sacramento State, and Cal struggled with Idaho, in a week where the Pac-12 and many teams soon to be in the Big 12 struggled, we turned our lonely eyes to Colorado, who had been disrespected in the midweek by Jay Norval, to see what they could do, and it was lackluster. It was boring. It was inconsistent, and overall, it was disappointing against Colorado State. Colorado State probably should have won this game. I mean, I, I watched the entire second half very closely. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this, this is Colorado State's game to win for the majority of it. Going down to the very last second. I mean, yeah, look, gumption, gumption for Deion Sanders and company to pull off this win. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because, wow, the storyline huge in the Big 12 and college football in Colorado is one of ours now. Yes. But wow. Jade Norvell comes out and talks trash to Dion. How does Dion respond? Ever out of find out. Everybody gets sunglasses. And then, huh? Colorado looked bad. Stinky. Gross. Against Colorado state. After beating TCU, and beating Nebraska. And it makes me wonder, oh, how good is the Big 12 really? I- is TCU really that good? I mean, I, I think Colorado is a solid team, but Colorado might still go 7-5 and five this season. And then we start asking the question, is TCU really that good? Are they really on the top half of the Big 12? And then we start asking, well, Cincinnati, who just lost... And Oklahoma State, who just lost to far inferior opponents. Iowa State, who just lost to a far, inferior, a far inferior opponent. What do we make of all this? And then Deion Sanders, who's supposed to be the savior of the Big 12, to keep this conference on the map, to make this conference elite and relevant in college athletics, barely escapes. Colorado State, with college game day and Fox Big Noon kickoff on hand. And all, I think what this all does is reinforces the fact that it was a bad week in the Big 12. For teams that will be in the Big 12, for teams that are in the Big 12, it was a terrible week. Sure, a couple teams like your UCF, who I think is a competitor in the Big 12, will compete for a Big 12 title, got things done like they were supposed to do. Yeah, against a team in Villanova you're supposed to beat. Oklahoma, you beat Tulsa. You're supposed to beat Tulsa. Then there was the Ohio debacle. Then there was the Miami of Ohio debacle. Something about the state of Ohio. Stay away. There was the LIU debacle with Baylor. Southern Alabama debacle for Oklahoma State. And more. Outside of West Virginia and BYU, this conference really stunk. Really stunk this weekend. Please just make it better come back tomorrow Uh, hopefully we will be more chipper and you can try to figure out what's going on this has been and it always will be locked on thanks for making it your first listen every single day dose grande